Lecture topic: True love for Prophet Muhammad. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadhi al-ladin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahi al-Rahman al-Rahim. Wa innaka la'ala qulqin azim. وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وعثت لأتمم مكارم الأخلاق أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسس فكر رحمة الله برزة ملز الله تبارك وتعالى enumerates his favors in the Quran Sharif because after all it is Allah Ta'ala alone who has showered favors upon his creation and Allah alone is the benefactor, Allah alone is the giver and everything is in his control and everything that we enjoy is from him alone all the bounties and favors of Allah Ta'ala that we enjoy, we have to make a lot of shukr for it. But among the greatest bounties Allah Ta'ala enumerates in the Quran Sharif, لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Indeed Allah Ta'ala has greatly favored the believers. What is this favor and bounty? إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ Allah Ta'ala sent a Rasul from among them. Sent them a Rasul from one among them. From the species of insan. Had the Rasul being from the angels for example. So in another ayat of the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says that had we sent an angel. So the immediate issue that people would have raised is but we are not angels, we are insan how can we be expected to follow an angel so Allah Ta'ala sent a human being sent a human being who Allah Ta'ala made the greatest of all his creation but he was an insan قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ يُوحَا إِلَيْ Nabi Wasallam is being told in the Quran Sharif to declare قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ I am an insan, a human being like you. Meaning like other human beings. So the same things that other human beings feel in terms of hunger, thirst, sometimes health, sometimes sickness, injury, pain, and all the human needs that others have, Nabi Islam also had these needs. When he came home after a janazah salah, and when the last illness of Rasulullah commenced, that was the time when it started off, he had just returned from one janazah salah, and a very severe headache came upon Nabi Kareem sallallahu When he came home, Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she too was experiencing a headache at that time. So she mentioned about her headache. What a headache I have. What a severe headache. Nabi Islam said, Bal wa What you are experiencing, 
that is nothing compared to what I am experiencing. And then in another riwayat, Nabi Islam mentioned, the fever that two people, two others experience, I experience alone. Double the fever others experience. So these situations came upon Rasulullah himself. He was insan, but he was that kind of insan that reached the level beyond the greatest angel also. So Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala in this ayat of the Quran Shadi says, لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ Allah is enumerating this favor. We understand favors to be only material things. Whereas that too is a favor. That too is Allah Ta'ala's bounty. And suddenly there's no water. Then let alone water not being available anywhere. That water is not available on tap. For us that becomes such a big issue. And indeed it is an issue. Then we start learning to appreciate that ni'mat of water. So we have to make shukar for the water as well. What a great bounty of Allah Ta'ala. When that bounty is disrupted for whatever the situation is, which is all due to our sins, then we start realizing what a great bounty. We take it for granted that there is electricity, but then when there is some load shedding, then we realize that this is such a great na'mat also. And these na'mats, to the extent that we are going to make sugar for it, Allah will continue blessing us with it. But when we are ungrateful, so Allah has mentioned this in the Quran Sharif very very clearly, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ وَلَإِن كَفَرْتُمْ إِنَّ عَذَابِي لَشَدِيدٌ If you are grateful for my bounties, I will increase it. If you are ungrateful, my punishment is severe. The punishment, one form of the punishment is that that bounty is either disrupted or entirely taken away. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. But this is the point to reflect. That when we feel the difficulty of some ni'mat having been disrupted or snatched away, we often are only analyzing something else outside, far away, some buddy who's pulling the strings here and there and some conspiracy somewhere and whatever else all those things may very well be the case also but that's the case in terms of what's apparent but behind that behind that is the hidden system of Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala's system is already declared to us in kafartum inna shadid." if you are ungrateful for my bounties, then my azab is severe. Now, for example, the bounty of electricity, so it's a very great bounty. But now, how much of that electricity is sometimes used for haram? For example, a person has charged his phone. So now that phone got charged on electricity. So now that electricity was a na'mat of Allah Ta'ala, person sometimes feels I paid for it. We cannot pay for the bounties of Allah Ta'ala. We only pay for the human effort in delivering it. The water comes from Allah Ta'ala alone without any human intervention. But then wherever it came, wherever it was gathered, wherever it was now collected and then whatever processes are put into place, to get it to that home. So now there's a bill for it. 
But now that water, we don't re- recognize it as such a great na'mat, we feel we paid for it. Paid for nothing. You can't pay for the water. And if a person feels he paid for it, that's now a double, double problem. One is wasting the water, and the other is wasting the na'mat of wealth which was used to pay for the water. So likewise now that electricity that was used to charge that phone, and now having charged that phone or some other device, or now that laptop or that computer is now connected to the power source. So now that electricity is providing this power to it. So now it can be used. But now what is being used for? Now if it is being used for something haram, is this not ingratitude to Allah Ta'ala for this bounty? Now how much of this is abused? This na'mat of electricity, how much it is abused? And to what extent is abused? And if we have to count the minutes and the hours that go in people, how much of haram is indulged in? So how many hours and days and years of power that is used blatantly trampling the commands of Allah Ta'ala? So now when that electricity gets disrupted and when there is load shedding but first we have to realize when, when there is sin shedding, we'll stop all the sin and shed the sins off, then perhaps when that sin shedding has happened, when the majority have now made sincere toba, at least the majority, have made sincere toba and come back and stopped abusing that na'mad of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, when that sin shedding has happened, maybe the load shedding will stop. So this is the primary thing, that all these things are clearly explained to us in the Quran and Sunnah, that these things happen by the command of Allah Ta'ala, and the system Allah is made in dunya, that the kind of actions of insan, that's the kind of conditions. And insan, one of those insan who are already far away from Allah Ta'ala, they've rejected Allah Ta'ala, ascribed partners with Allah Ta'ala, they're already gone. It is on the a'mal of the mu'mineen, the actions of the believers on which decisions happen for dunya. So if there is load shedding, it means there hasn't been sin shedding. Rather the load of sin is already on. So as a result there is load shedding elsewhere. So whatever, however we will analyze it, somebody did this and somebody did that and whatever else, but behind it what brought about that situation is our sins. We have to make Toba. We have to turn to Allah wa ta'ala and come back to Deen. So in any case, these are all na'mats of Allah ta'ala, which we have to be very grateful for. Everything is Allah Ta'ala's na'mat. But greater than all these na'mats is what Allah Ta'ala is speaking about in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, that these na'mats comparatively are just little, small little things. Very minute things. Because after all, 
no matter what it might be, a person has it, doesn't have it, but it's only temporary. As long as a person is in dunya, he'll benefit from it, use it, but how long? One day everybody is going. So the real na'mat is what's going to be taking a person beyond dunya and benefiting him in the akhirat. Allah is enumerating that na'mat. لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ يَتْلُوْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ that Allah Ta'ala has sent a Rasul from among them who recites Allah Ta'ala's verses upon them. يَتْلُوْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّهِمْ and He purifies them وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ and He teaches them the Qur'an and the wisdom, His Mubarak Hadith. So Allah Ta'ala is enumerating Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being a very, very great bounty far, far greater and beyond all the other ni'mads. Because it is after all, by the guidance of the Anbiya wasalam, that a person goes beyond the little things of dunya. There's one story just to highlight the lesson. Some youngsters wanted to go on one little excursion, boat ride somewhere. So now they went, found one person at the bank of the river, one old person. They told him, are you ready to take us for a small ride around? They said, very well. So now while they were on this little boat ride, they decided to entertain themselves. So how must they entertain themselves? They started now making some little joke about something with this old person. So one person asked him that, uncle, you you must have studied something. Maybe you might have studied geometry. So he says, I didn't even hear what that word is all about. First time I'm hearing geometry, what is this? So he says, the other person says, well, if you didn't learn geometry, then you really lost out. Uh, what You must have learned some trigonometry maybe then. So he says, this is sounding even more complicated than the first thing. I don't even know what this is all about. And then there's somebody else. So each time that somebody asks one question, and he said, look, I never heard this word. So everybody had a hearty laugh. And then the second person, and then the third person. Because sometimes when there is no consideration, there is no concern about how a person is conducting himself, he's just in a mood of now having some fun. It doesn't matter at whose expense, who's getting hurt in the process. He's having, entertaining himself, but who is trampling in the process, doesn't matter. As long as he has a great time. But that great time could become a time for great azab also. Allah forbid... A person sometimes samples somebody in a moment when that person's ah reaches the heavens. Sometimes it's just that moment of acceptance. That's the moment he really hurt somebody. And that moment that ah that came out of that person's heart reaches the heavens. Allah forbid that becomes a moment when things can just topple in one moment. Meaning there's even not even a chance of making toba then. And nevertheless, if that moment didn't come, it doesn't mean that one should be complacent. We should make toba, make istighfar, turn to Allah wa Taala, and be very cautious, be very careful how we do things, what we do, what we say. Sometimes it could just be a very, very delicate moment, a moment of acceptance, and somebody's ah went up. Allah forbid that can become a moment of toppling us. So, these people now are having fun. So now after a whole lot of questions were put to him and each time he said, Why, I didn't learn all this, I don't know what you're talking about. So finally one person asked him, but uncle, how old are you? 
So he says, I'm 40 years old. He says, you're 40 years old, you didn't learn any of these things, you wasted half your life. So now when he said you wasted half your life, so everybody had another very hearty laugh at this. So in any case, this Pichara, what does he do now and what can he do? So he just kept quiet. But then shortly, suddenly the weather changed. It was very calm and very, very, everything was very serene. And now suddenly the weather changed very quickly. And now this very calm river now suddenly became very turbulent. And now the waves suddenly started coming into it. And this boat is being rocked. And everybody is now hanging on for dear life. So now came the opportunity for this bichara old uncle. So he asked them that, look, one question I also have. Have you learned how to swim? So all of them had not learned how to swim. So they said, no, no, this we didn't learn how to do. Now everybody was very serious because they were being rocked from side to side. So he said, look, I didn't learn all these big, big things you'll be asking about. So according to you, I wasted half my life. You learned all these big, big things, but you didn't learn how to swim. You've now lost your entire life. Because when this is going to capsize, I will swim to the shore. I learned how to swim. I will swim to the shore, but you're going to drown now. Now this was just a lesson, just a, a story for the lesson, for the moral that all the big, big things of dunya we can learn, but if we didn't learn how to swim to the shore of Jannad, how to swim to the shore of Akhirat in the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, then all these big, big things of dunya are not going to take us anywhere. When that moment comes, when the ship of dunya is going to be turned upside down, which is coming in everybody's life, nobody's going to be spared that. One day every person's ship is going to be turned upside down. And he's going to be now in that ocean. Either he had already in dunya, in his lifetime, learned how to swim. What's going to make him swim? It is iman and amal. There's nothing else. Swim is obviously, figuratively speaking, but it is iman and his amal that's going to take him across. Now he learned how to turn the numbers, and he learned how to you know, do big, big things, and whatever fancy things, and he became a rocket scientist and even brought down some stars from the skies to the earth and what not he might have done. But if he didn't learn when that moment comes, when that boat is going to be toppled of dunya, he hasn't learned how to swim, he'll realize he wasted his whole life. All those things are not going to matter at all, one bit. While in dunya, to the extent of dunya, a little bit he enjoyed it. But when it really matters, He'll realize that time and he will think and say also perhaps that I wasted my whole life. So now that's what the Anbiya come to teach insan. They come to teach insan how to swim to the shore of Jannat and into Jannat by means of taking on Iman, adopting Iman and the right Amal. So this is the greatest favor if a person didn't have the material things, he would have some difficulty in life, but it's temporary. But then he'll have everlasting success and everlasting good fortune in the Akhirat. But if he had all the material comforts and benefits, but he didn't learn how to swim, meaning Iman, Amal is missing, then when that moment comes, all this will get left behind, 
and then his perpetual misery. So this is what the Amliya Ali Musallam teach, and this is what Rasulullah taught as well, and this is what he left us with, and this is what we have to check within ourselves, how much have we learned how to swim, how to swim in this ocean of dunya to get safety to akhirat. So in any case, in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions this favor Allah Ta'ala blessed us with, the favor of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi the greatest of Allah Tabarak Wa Ta'ala's creation, the greatest of all the Anbiya and the Rasuls of Allah Tabarak Wa Ta'ala, and Allah Ta'ala blessed us with this bounty of being in the Ummat of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So what is the dictates of this? That we are in this, this great good fortune Allah blessed us with, this very great na'mat and bounty Allah blessed us with. So what's the dictates of this? So the many, many things that this dictates of us, but among those things, the very basic and fundamental things, just to touch on two things for now only. One is muhabbat and the other is ittiba. Muhabbat of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the love for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, this is shartul iman. If there is no ayata of love, there will be no iman. Without any ayata of love, there will be no iman left. And therefore, in one hadith sharif, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam gives the full level of this: La yu'minu ahadukum hatta akuna ahabba ilayhi min. Nafsihi wa walidihi wa waladihi wa nasi ajma'in. Or kama qala al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa That a person doesn't have iman. La yu'minu ahadukum. None of you have iman. That's the literal translation. Though what is explained by the muhaddithin that meaning the reality of iman hasn't been achieved. This doesn't mean that if a person has deficient love, then there's no iman still. But that deficient love means that, that iman hasn't reached its perfection. But it is so deficient that it is described in this manner. So, mashallah, every person who has iman has muhabbat. Otherwise, without muhabbat, there'll be no iman. So, this is the first dictate of this great favor Allah blessed us with muhabbat. Now, what is muhabbat? In the manner that we have. A level of intellectual muhabbat. Alhamdulillah that too is a level. A level of intellectual muhabbat. Now intellectual muhabbat is that you understand something about somebody, some greatness about someone. So you begin to be in some awe of the person. You are, have some great deal of respect. Because, mashallah, this person has these great qualities and is a very great personality. As a result of that, intellectually, there is a level of muhabbat. Which is also a level. But the level that the sahaba ikram had, wasn't something that was just on the level of some intellectual muhabbat. The level of muhabbat they had, was the level of muhabbat that we can't imagine which is beyond the level that a person has for his own parents, for his own children, when it comes to parents, to children, there isn't just intellectual muhabbat. 
it is a condition of the heart. And as a result, sometimes that becomes another situation that a person sometimes is not even prepared to understand what is or who is right and who is wrong. My son can never be wrong. So he'll defend his own child, come what may, no matter how right or wrong he was, doesn't matter. Why? Because that Muhammad went beyond his limit too. That he's not even prepared to see who's right or wrong. Whereas Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَعَانُ قَوْمٍ عَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا إِعْدِلُوهُ وَأَقْرَمُوا لِلْتَّقْوَىٰ You have a problem with somebody, don't let that become a reason to be unjust. If there's an issue, you still maintain justice. And in another ayat Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَوْ كَانُوا آبَاءَهُمْ أَوْ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ Whoever it might be, whether it's your parents, your children, whoever it might be, but uphold justice. So, the thing is that that muhabbat for parents, for children, for near and dear ones, that is a passionate muhabbat. He feels pain for their pain. If they are in pain, he is in pain. Whereas he is physically fine. But their physical pain and their emotional pain becomes his emotional pain. And even maybe get, will get physically ill also. Sometimes somebody else is sick, who is very close, very near. The impact is so much on the person, he gets sick. His stomach is working now. He is unable to sleep. So many things happen. Why? This is the effect of muhabbat, nothing but muhabbat. Whereas he heard about the same condition of somebody else next door. But the person next door is unknown to him. Just a very, very cursory, just some acquaintance he has sometimes with him. So he just merely sympathizes with him. He'll offer his help. But he didn't lose sleep on it. It didn't impact on him like when somebody near and dear. So what is the difference? The difference is muhabbat. This was the muhabbat the Sahaba Ikram had. And since that was the level of muhabbat they had, that level of muhabbat brought the extent of ittiba that they had. Ittiba, the following of Rasulullah Allah Ta'ala sent Rasulullah as an example for the entire insaniyat, for the whole of mankind. Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif says that لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا that in the Rasul of Allah Taala is a most beautiful example. Example is for what? To be followed. So the dictates of this favor Allah blessed us with, one aspect of this is muhabbat. Now the question we have to ask ourselves, what is the level of this muhabbat in my heart? One simple question to judge that. For example, how much of Duru Sharif I recite upon Rasulullah daily? MashaAllah, we sometimes recite Guru Sharif, but that too, if the niyat is just the sawab, then too MashaAllah. Allah Ta'ala accept that too. But there are those who don't even let that become the real motive, that will come automatically. They recite Guru Sharif out of muhabbat. That why am I reciting Guru Sharif? Out of that love for Rasulullah Sallallahu A person suddenly has become overtaken by some love, love of some girl, whatever. Now that love becomes so intense and so overwhelming, that now all he can think about is how to spend time in that company, how to talk for hours on end. 
Now he forgets his parents also, whatever else, no matter how much they try to explain to him, this is not good for you, you're going to get yourself in a big problem here. Everybody is just behind my back, all got my, they, nobody cares for me, and everybody just hates me. Why? Because he can't see, he's blinded beyond this. And now that's it, he can't think of anything else. Then he gets married and one month later he says, no, everybody was right. <laughs> Suddenly everything turned around. But at that time, he's completely oblivious of everything else. So now he can go on talking for hours on end, the whole night will come out, it won't matter. He won't even notice it. People who have this muhabbat of Rasulullah will go on hours on end reciting Durood Sharif, not merely for sawab, that will come. We recite Durood Sharif, MashaAllah for sawab, Alhamdulillah. Durood Sharif for what? So I got a problem, I need to get out of the problem. So now, Durood Sharif, the barakat of... Indeed, Durood Sharif has got so much of barakat in it, that problems will get solved also. But now my purpose for Durood Sharif is just the problem. Why am I reciting Durood Sharif? Because I need barakat in my risk. Indeed, Durood Sharif will bring barakat in risk. But that became my sole motive. Barakat in risk. But where is the muhabbat part of it? So the sahaba Kiram, the muhabbat that came, that muhabbat was based on ma'rifat. They recognized Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And all the awliya of the time and all the pious people, that intensity of muhabbat was based on ma'rifat. They recognized the personality of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa What greatness Allah ta'ala blessed him with, what kamal and perfection Allah ta'ala blessed him with, what jamal and beauty Allah ta'ala blessed him with, and what kind of beautiful qualities Allah Ta'ala blessed him with and the peak of everything that he reached so they recognized us we have recognized many many things but we didn't get the chance and the time because we are so busy to read the seerat of Rasulullah to read about his Mubarak life to study about what his akhlaq was all about to study how he lived as a father to his children how he lived as a husband to his wives how he lived as a person among others, what kind of kindness and compassion he had, what kind of humility he displayed, despite being at the peak of everything, despite being the greatest of Allah Ta'ala's creation, but yet how humble he was, when a person gets some little bit of, some victory of some sort, or some success in some matter, so that success is displayed everywhere, and that success is sang about everywhere, person's hands will be thrown in the air because something, he just some futile thing he succeeded in and then you'll find it displayed all over the place and that whole cabinet will be filled with all those so-called things of, that are highlighting his successes they cannot be a success and a victory that can come anywhere close to comparing to the victory of the conquest of Makkah Bukharama because the odds that were there at the time, and from where to where, where Rasulullah at one point in time had to leave Makkah Mukarramah, and now he's returning barely eight years later. At that time, he was, his house was surrounded, where they were wanting to now pounce on him and finish him off. But Allah Ta'ala saved him from the midst of all the enemies. Allah Ta'ala took him out with safety and afiyat. And now, barely eight years later, Nabi Islam is coming victorious to conquer Makkah Mukarramah. 
and all these people who had done so much of harm and so much of caused so much of taklif and so much of pain and martyred so many sahaba and caused so much of destruction now they are going to be conquered this was not just the conquest of Makkah Mukarramah this was the conquest of the world and when Nabi Sallallahu is entering Makkah Mukarramah as the victor how is he entering it is mentioned in the riwayat that his head was coming so low in humility it was almost touching his conveyance in humility to Allah Ta'ala and the words of the Mubarak tongue of Rasulullah Sallallahu was also complete submission to Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala alone is the one who has now done what has happened That Allah Ta'ala alone is the one that has conquered the enemy. Hazam al-Ahzaba wahda. Allah Ta'ala alone conquered all the enemies. This entire moment is being completely submerged in humility. Now, all these things to learn, to understand, to recognize, and then to develop this, and then to recognize how much of sacrifices Nabi Islam made for his ummah. All this to read and read again, listen and listen again, until this develops that muhabbat, which will inshallah in turn bring about itaat. There isn't any time to go into the details of itaat. But that is the actual issue, that is what really is required. But it will come on the basis of muhabbat. How much of muhabbat has been acquired, that is what will translate into itaat. And the itaat and the following of the Sahaba Ikram and their obedience to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi This is something that it is hard to imagine that subhanallah what level of itaat they had. And that is what we have to learn from. That is what we have to now bring that inspiration into our lives by studying their Mubarak lives. Just to take one or two examples and finish off. Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, he was one of those sahaba who had excelled even in this to a level beyond most. All the sahaba were on a very high level of itaat. But then in that also you will get some who were even beyond that. <coughs> Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, <coughs> it is mentioned about him, when he would travel from Madina Munawwara to Makkah Mukarramah, he would come for Umrah, whatever. This is now long after the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi Islam left this dunya. When Nabi Islam passed away, he was still very young. So he hadn't the opportunity to see as much as others saw. And to be on those journeys which many others were on, together with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So now sometimes when he would be traveling, so other, other sahaba, more elderly sahaba would be with. So when they would pass by, he would keep asking them, as they're traveling, where did Rasulullah saw, which, which route he took? So he said, no, he took this route. He will insist on taking the same route. Where did Nabi Islam stop to rest? He in this area. Can you remember which tree it might have been? Under which tree? And even if he had no need to rest, he would stop to rest a short while. Why? Because this is where Rasulullah rested for a short while. And to the extent it is mentioned that he would ask also, or he was told 
that Nabi Sallallahu stopped at a certain point in a certain place to relieve himself. He had no need at that time, but he went to do the same, in the same place. Now this, we might call it something on another level, this, what is it? This is muhabbat. This is muhabbat, which translated itself into this level of itaat. Now if in these very, very fine aspects, if he was so concerned, what can be said about how he performed his salah? That to what extent he would have been careful about doing it, how Nabi Islam did it? What can we think about how he would engage himself at home with his family? As a husband to his wives, as a father to his children, as a person in society, he would have been very, very conscious about what Nabi Islam did, I must do the same. How he ate, how he slept, how he spoke, how he walked, all the day-to-day things. Now what does this do? For us, this is one of those things. Did it, mashallah, very good. No, no, each sunnat, each thing that's done consciously in the correct manner, in following the Mubarak sunnah of Rasulullah this creates noor in the heart. It enlightens the heart. And when the heart is enlightened repeatedly with the Mubarak sunnah of Rasulullah this light becomes the shield against the darkness of batil. This light itself becomes the shield and protects the heart from the attacks of batil. The attacks of all the things that are now so severely attacking and taking people's iman away and all kinds of words coming out from people's mouths that take their iman away. This noor of sunnah will keep that protection. So this is what we have to start bringing alive, becoming more conscious about, to learn about the Mubarak life of Rasulullah to bring this alive in our homes, and then to generate this muhabbat, from beyond just being an intellectual muhabbat. It must become something that becomes passionate, we become passionate about. And this must translate into itaat in every aspect of life. There are certain things we will be able to sometimes maybe not do in, due to our weakness we should still feel within our hearts, I wish I could do it I'm unable to do it I wish I could do it never well, this is beyond me so I don't need to have any concern about it I may never manage to do certain things for my whole life perhaps but I should be all the time wishing that I could do it any case, this is what we have to Concentrate on the ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited was actually the subject for innaka la'ala khuluqin azim but we didn't even get to touch on that that Allah Ta'ala mentions about Rasulullah akhlaq that you are on the peak of good akhlaq this is also the most important or one of the very very important parts of the Mubarak Seerah the beautiful akhlaq of Rasulullah Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq inshallah we'll discuss this on some other occasion Allah Ta'ala bless us with the tawfiq of learning about the Mubarak life of Rasulullah generating his muhabbat, Allah Ta'ala bless us with his intense muhabbat, bless us with his ittiba, and Allah Ta'ala keep us on the path of the sunnah till our last breath, take us on the sunnah of Rasulullah and raise us with Rasulullah the sahaba ikram, the awliya of the ummad wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbil alam.
نسایب درو شریف
ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم اطهر قلوبنا من النفاق وأعمالنا من الرياء وألسنتنا من الكذب وأعيننا من الخيانة فإنك تعلم خائنة الأعين وما تخفي الصدور ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد إله العالمين يا الله Most merciful, most gracious, most kind Most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله Forgive us يا الله Forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله يا الله forgive our families يا الله Forgive our friends and relatives يا الله Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم يا الله we are desperately in need of your مغفرت يا الله We are desperately in need of your رحمت يا الله إله العالمين يا الله We have no other door to go to يا الله Despite being the worst sinners, Ya Allah. Despite being the most disloyal, Ya Allah. Despite being the most ungrateful, Ya Allah. Despite being whatever we are, Ya Allah. But Ya Allah, we are your servants, Ya Allah. We are your slaves, Ya Allah. Allah, you have declared in your Quran, Sharif, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الظُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا Ya Allah, you declared to Rahmatul Lil'alameen. To Ya Allah, say to everybody, Ya Allah, that, oh, my servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you declared, Ya Allah, and you called us your servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you, Ya Allah, declared, do not become despondent of the mercy of Allah. Allah forgives all sins. Ya Allah, we are not despondent, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have full hope in your mercy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive all our deeds, Ya Allah. All our sins, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, it is due to our sins, Ya Allah. That we are suffering, Ya Allah. That the Ummah is suffering, Ya Allah. The animals are suffering, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the realization, Ya Allah. Allah, bring us out of this slumber, Ya Allah. Bring us out of this slumber, Ya Allah. Take us out of this ghaflat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, with afiyat, Ya Allah. Bring us out of ghaflat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us become totally conscious of you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your consciousness, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your remembrance, Ya Allah. Every moment, Ya Allah, let us be in your remembrance, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the things that displease you, Ya Allah. Save the things that bring, save us from what brings down azab, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us and the entire ummah from all those actions, Ya Allah, that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those amal, Ya Allah, that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Ilahu lalamin, blow the winds of hidayat, Ya Allah. Blow the winds of hidayat, Ya Allah. Allahumma khfir li ummati Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma arham ummata Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma ahdi ummata Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma aslih ummata Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma farrijil kurab an ummati Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, the amount of difficulty and pain we have caused to the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. With all our amal, Ya Allah, with all the sins, Ya Allah, when he's informed about the actions of his ummah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, how much are we contributing to the pain on his Mubarak heart, Ya Allah? Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. 
Allah forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah grant us the realization, Ya Allah. Allah enable us to become a means of comfort to His Mubarak heart, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah in His lifetime, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the kuffar troubled Him, Ya Allah. They persecuted Him, Ya Allah. Allah, the munafiqeen hurt Him, Ya Allah. Allah, today His Ummah is hurting Him, Ya Allah. Allah, how are you going to face Him on the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah? Allah will need His Shafa'at, Ya Allah. We'll be wanting His intercession, Ya Allah. But you've abandoned his sunnah, Ya Allah. You've taken on the ways of these enemies, Ya Allah. Allah, we've embraced the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. And we've abandoned his Mubarak sunnah, Ya Allah. And we're still claiming to love him, Ya Allah. We still claim to love him, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, what hollow claims you make, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, grant us the reality of the Muhammad of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Full of our hearts with his Muhammad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us his Marifat, Ya Allah. Enable us to recognize his sacrifices that he made for us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to recognize the Kamal you blessed him with, Ya Allah. The Jamal you blessed him with, Ya Allah. The peak of excellence that he was on in every aspect, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to adopt his beautiful akhlaq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, enable us to adopt his beautiful akhlaq, Ya Allah. Allah, full our hearts with the love for his akhlaq, Ya Allah. And grant us his beautiful akhlaq, Ya Allah. Grant us his mu'amalat and mu'asharat, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to live his Mubarak life with passion, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to love everything that Rasulullah loved, Ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with the dislike of everything that Nabi Islam disliked, Ya Allah. Allah, make our day like his day, Ya Allah. Make our night like his night, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make our homes like his home, Ya Allah. Allah, homes that are filled with, Ya Allah, your remembrance, Ya Allah. Homes that are filled with his sunnah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every taste of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, remove it, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Those in financial problems, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barkat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant abundant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Filled with barakat, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to earn only from halal sources, Ya Allah. Enable us to spend only where you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from, Ya Allah, destroying the ni'mat of wealth that you gave us in haram, Ya Allah. In things that you are displeased with, Ya Allah. In extravagance and wastefulness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those, Ya Allah. Allah, who have raised their hands to this dua. Ilahul Alameen, fulfill each one's jai's needs, Ya Allah. All who ask us to make dua for them as well, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jai's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, unite the hearts of, Ya Allah, family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of communities, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you make parents compassionate, compassionate and kind to the children, Ya Allah. Allah, make children very respectful and obedient to their parents, Ya Allah. Allah, enable children to recognize the, Ya Allah, maqam of their parents, Ya Allah. Enable them to make khidmat of their parents, Ya Allah. Enable them to earn jannah through serving their parents, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those of our parents who are living, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in their lives, barakat in their health, Ya Allah. Enable us to earn jannah through service to them, Ya Allah. Allah, those of our parents who have passed away, Ya Allah. Fill their covers with noor, Ya Allah. 
Fulder covers of Noor, Ya Allah. Raise the stages in the Akhirat, Ya Allah. Grant them a special place in Allah, in Liyin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. At the time of our moth, Ya Allah, take us with La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on Iman Kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on Tawbat and Nasuh, Ya Allah. Take us at a time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Allah, we have no idea when that moment will come, Ya Allah. Allah, we are leading such a life of ghaflat, Ya Allah. That as Malakul Moth has to come to us now, Ya Allah. Allah, how much of ghaflat we are in, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, remove this ghaflat from us, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to be prepared, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to prepare ourselves in every regard, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a topic of having all our ibadat in order, Ya Allah. All of our mu'amalat in order, Ya Allah. All our financial matters in order, Ya Allah. All our hukuk of people in order, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, make it such that when the moment comes for us to leave, Ya Allah. Allah, we leave in a clean condition, Ya Allah. Allah, we are leaving in a condition, Ya Allah, that all your rights we have fulfilled, Ya Allah. We have fulfilled the rights of your servants also, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you make our qabr gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, grant us the Mubarak water of Kawthar from his Mubarak hand, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the shafaat of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, enable us to enter Jannah without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever we have asked for, Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, grant it to us, Ya Allah. What you should have been asking for and did not ask, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us that as well, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين